you were talking about like entitlement or what role does or gratitude play? yeah or gratitude play and you were going yeah. into detail about that so when you when you experience extreme um thankfulness for something like like so excited that something new has been added to your life whether it's a new car new house new job something like that it almost feels like you are operating from a place of scarcity or lack because it feels like to a certain level it almost feels like part of the reason why you're so excited is because this is so out of the norm within your realm of possibility right versus something like entitlement where you feel like i know that has that word has a negative connotation and maybe you know there's a better word for it but almost when when someone feels entitled to something it's it's like they expect for something to be added to them like like of course i got this new job that i went out for like that job was mine i should have had that so what is the difference between like experiencing like excitement because something so incredible has happened and you never imagined that it could versus you know feeling that expectation slash entitlement of well of course this is mine you know how does that play a role of attraction and manifestation mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it it you know we as human beings we have a lot of practice being human and having like a human reaction to things that happen in our lives and mm -hmm. like when you hear about these people who say you should act like you're super excited or you should act like you know, how excited would you be with your new car and feeling the leather and, you know, practice that excitement? Um, under normal circumstances, if something like that actually did happen, what would that look like? It wouldn't look like you feeling excited every single time you get into a new vehicle, right? Instead, right. Like we'd probably be excited the first day, maybe the first week. Some people mm -hmm. stay excited for a good while, but I mean, you know, most of us, I know when I bought in a car and I get into it, I'm like, ooh, new features, new buttons. I can do this. I can do that now. It's exciting. And that lasts a good day. And then after that, it's more from a place of just appreciation. And ah, it's that's just a good being appreciative. Yeah, appreciation. Appreciative of the convenience or of the opportunity it affords you. So that excitement part is only going to be maybe the first two or three visualization sessions that you do, you know, after mm. that, you kind of want to go into like, what would a normal experience be for me? And you, and, and, and personify it because everybody's going to deal with life differently. Everybody's going to um, have different periods in their life where they, they deal with things differently. For me, you know, dealing with like prosperity and money back in the day, what was it like to not have money? Oh gosh. I mean, if I really think about it, I can maybe remember some of that. Like, well, you know, I used to every day be stressed because I felt like I was just one one finger away from losing it all if I right. didn't get paid this week or if I didn't make enough money or if I didn't work at my job or if I took a day off for, for being sick. Like there was all of these different mental processes and emotional um, emotional variations of lack and scarcity that were there and so today i don't i don't maintain or sustain that level of energy because it, it feels like it's foreign to me 
you know, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I wake, I think about is not money. The first thing I think about is right. not how am I lacking today? Or how is this experience a reminder of my lack? Or how is that experience a reminder of my lack? How am I having to make myself, you know, a bowl of oatmeal when I would rather have bagels, but I don't, I can't afford to go and buy some bagels from like Einstein's bagels or whatever. So I have to deal with the oatmeal. I'm so ungrateful for the oatmeal. It's a reminder of my scarcity and lack. And so you're using these cues every day. You're using all of these different experiences daily to, to affirm the lack. And so you have to flip that upside down. If you want to be able to embody and like get back um, the same kind of energy and vibration from the opposite spectrum, you have to practice it from a realistic place. And so some of those people, they say that not because they know from experience, but because one person had a great idea, they wrote it down in a book, they wrote it down on a piece of paper, and they sold millions of dollars saying that idea. Everybody else got on board, said the same thing, but didn't have any direct experience exemplifying that. So right. when you hear someone, when you hear someone in like the law of attraction community say that, do they have the receipts to back up that that's the process they went through as well? Because I can guarantee that not everybody who was on the secret or who has put out a law of attraction or a prosperity book, not everybody went through the same experience. Everybody's path to prosperity is different and everybody is going to work towards that in a different way. So just because they said it on an official video, quote unquote, doesn't mean that that's actually going to be useful to you. So you kind of have to really think about it and be very selective about the advice you, you receive because people have, great ed people have great ideas, but when you put it into practice, that changes because something being realized in the moment is very different from something being intellectualized from a place of trying to understand or trying to create or trying to produce something. So it, it gets right. tricky for me, like every day, you know, how do I practice a state of prosperity or a state of, 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 of enough or more than enough? How do I practice that? Well, I don't use anything in my day to remind me that I could have a moment or an experience of lack. So for example, I'm in the middle of doing my taxes. Well, actually, I just finished my taxes and I have to, you know, my accountant has to, he has to um, deal with that in different ways because I'm an LLC and I'm also an S Corp. So he has to file as the company. Then he has to file for New Mexico, which is a state that also, you know, pay, you, know you have to pay taxes to. And then he has to file as me as the individual of the company or the, the the um, employee of the company. And so in doing that, mm -hmm. just thinking about taxes, thinking about, I wonder if I paid enough last year in taxes. I wonder if I'm gonna owe any money. Just the idea of, I wonder if I'm gonna have to do this, which is gonna cost me or create a takeaway from me. That one mm -hmm. simple idea is a cue. And if I take that cue and I run with it, I can spend the rest of the day stressing out and vibrating from a place of lack, afraid in fear that there won't be enough or I will be, I will lose something or something will be taken from me. And so mm. instead of doing that, I will have that thought for like a few seconds. And then I'm like, oh my God, Fernando, what if it's such a high bill and you can't afford it? Or what if, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, you know? And so then I think to myself, that's okay. 
if it's a high bill and it's way more than I can afford, I will figure out a way to make it work for me or I'll figure out a way to take care of that without my life completely falling apart. So I'll just handle it the best way that I can. So I talked myself off of a ledge there. I reduced the impact and the vibration of the, the lack cue and I've increased my sense of well-being. And so that was a moment and an opportunity to practice shifting my mindset and focusing on prosperity and not on lack. Uh, see, I think so that, that that's a, so, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that that's a really powerful distinction to make because I've always felt this, this sense of um, guilt because I don't, um, you know, the word gratitude isn't necessarily like you hear, you know, that's a buzzword that you hear a lot that a right. lot of people throw around is practice gratitude, practice gratitude daily, have gratitude journals. And mm -hmm. so I have that and I, I've practiced that before and it just doesn't do anything for me. And then it makes me right. feel guilty because I'm like, well, I don't have gratitude for the things that I have, but you said a word earlier, you said appreciation. And so mm -hmm. I definitely have appreciation for all of the things that I have. And I think that you can have appreciation even when you get used to whatever lifestyle level you're on, you can still appreciate yeah. every single thing around you. But to me, it's a lot more extreme to be like, I have gratitude for the fact that I have food to eat today. Like that's not something right. normal, you know, like right. that you would normally, like your brain would normally think, you know, I have food today. Well, yeah, of course you have food today. Like unless you are, you know, homeless or destitute or really, really struggling, you don't even think about where your next meal is going to come from. But that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you don't have gratitude for the food you have appreciation for the food, right? Well, this is where this is where the past can help you. This is where like what we've gone through or any struggles or any, you know, in order for you to prosper in something really well where it's gonna maintain and hold consistently, you, you kind of need to come from a place where you've experienced the opposite because that is, it, it's a completed, it's a completed, uh, um, karmic experience if you just experience one aspect or one extreme or one spectrum then there you don't have anything to weigh against or levy if that becomes unstable or something attempts to to shatter that so this is why you have people who when they win a lottery and they have no grasp of or appreciation for the resource that money is not appreciation for just being able to buy stuff appreciation for the resource and the tool that money is because when you think of money right. as a resource you think of it it's no different than a hammer you know a hammer comes in handy it's there it serves its purpose when i'm building something but i'm not going to glorify it am the hammer because it's just a tool money's the same thing if people get into this uh, they get on this bandwagon where they're glorifying money and money and bling 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 and everything else and yet they don't really actually respect or understand the purpose of it, the energy behind it. They're focused on what it represents, which is I'm worth something. And so they get stuck on this money. More money makes me more worthy or more valuable. But if you think of money as a tool, money will never establish your own worth and value. It's just a byproduct of your worth and value and reflects back to you your worth and value. So it's a very different right. like point of attraction. So like when you have appreciation for money, you appreciate it because it's a tool, it's a resource. It allows you to achieve this or that. 
But if you are trying to be grateful for money, at that point, you're kind of glorifying it and you're building a you're building this idea that it has more value and worth than it actually does. And if something is more valuable and worth something to you, then you start to bounce it against your own sense of self-value and worth. And that's where it gets a little tricky. So like when you're glorifying money, when you're like trying to be grateful for the $20 you have, like how the hell am I going to be grateful for the $20 that I have? It's just $20. You know, for some people that's, you know, that may be a week's worth of like mini meals or prep food or whatever. For others, mm-hmm. 20 bucks is nothing. It's just like, well, I found this in my wallet, so I guess I should go spend it on something. You know, so different right. people have different, right. they, they come in a different place about it. But when I'm trying to sit there and be grateful for 20, how can I do that when I'm glorifying $20? That means that immediately $20 is worth a lot more than it actually should be. And I've just basically built it up into something bigger than it actually needs to be. Now, if I go mm-hmm. and take $20 and buy, a a a bag or uh, you know bag full of groceries for twenty bucks for someone who doesn't always have enough food in the house and I give them you know hey a bunch of groceries here you go you know if they ask for it or if they're open to it that you're gonna feel a lot better about that you're gonna be more grateful for that twenty dollars there's something attached to it that feels like it has actual value and worth but if you just go right. and you, you take twenty dollars and you spend it on like a lottery ticket you know, and you win nothing, you, 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 you're going to feel the lack of the $20, you know? Right. So right. it just depends on how you choose to look at it. So when you get a new car, yeah, in the first week or in the first few days, you're going to feel grateful and you're going to be appreciative of it as well. But then as time goes on, you're not going to be grateful for it every day because it's not something that you really care as much about anymore, depending if you're not that kind of person. So, but you can still appreciate it. And so that's why I always tell people, give yourself something to appreciate, not something that can glorify something for you. So appreciation is, oh, I have, you know, the ability to just verbally sync my phone to the car. Now I have heated seats now. So that's going to be so wonderful during the winter. When I'm cold, I just turn it on and I'm warm all of a sudden. I can appreciate that. So it's more right. It's more powerful to appreciate more often than it is to give gratitude and force yourself into gratitude for things that really don't mean anything to you. Yeah, I think that that's a really good way of saying it because, you know, I, you know also you will have opportunities, <clears throat> I think, where something will happen where it puts things in a context and it gives you another mm-hmm. opportunity to be maybe a little extra grateful for something. So like, let's say, you know, your air conditioner goes out in your house and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think, I don't know of anyone who, you know, I mean, it, it, in my personal circle of anybody who wakes up and is like, ah, oh, thank God I have air conditioning today, you know, right. I, except for, you know, when it breaks, then you're like, oh man, I'm so right. grateful now that I have, you know, <laughs> have air conditioning, right. there's an opportunity to be grateful for that. But it doesn't mean that you don't appreciate it if you're not constantly giving thanks, you know, giving thanks for even what, you know, what we might consider small conveniences, even though they might mm-hmm. not be so small. Just yeah. like, and th- that was my point for the original question about, um, about gratitude is, you know, it almost like if you have a running list of every single thing that you're grateful for that you need to practice and give thanks for every single day, you know, the, the fact that I have home, that I have a home, that I have food, that I have loved ones, that I have this, that I have that, you know, 
I'm so thankful that I, you know, did not die today. I'm thankful that I didn't get sick today. Like when I feel like if you were to constantly do that, it almost, for me anyway, feels like I'm coming from a place of lack because it's yeah. like, um, you know, it's like I know that at any given moment, none of this is mine. It doesn't belong to me and I could lose it at any given moment. And so if I continuously say, oh, I'm thankful that I had money to eat today, like it almost reminds me of the fact that I shouldn't have money or that that's something that's added to me, if that makes any sense. Right. You know, well, you know, it's when you're in a place of prosperity, when you're in a place of abundance you don't have to be grateful for the bare minimum because it's a, mm. it's a given. It's, it's an assumed position of, let's call it privilege. Because you can use the word privilege in a positive way. Right now, everybody's throwing around the word privilege and to, to the most extent, it means the ability to, to come from a place of position of, of resource, of ability, of opportunity that others don't have. But the word itself mm. just means the same thing but it's across the board so right right you know when you think of privilege i currently come from a place of privilege what is my privilege well i know my bills are paid okay that's a place of privilege i know i don't have to think about money every day or what mm-hmm. i owe or what i need to pay that's a place of privilege i know that there will be food in my refrigerator and in my pantry i don't have to worry about having food i have to all I just need to worry about is what do I want to do with it? That's a place of privilege. You know, right, I have a vehicle right. that is completely paid for, and all I have to worry about is paying the taxes and paying the insurance that I don't even use because I don't drive anywhere. So, mm-hmm. but that's a place of privilege. Some people don't yeah. even have a vehicle that they can't afford. So, you know, it's almost like, what what do I do? You know, so so for me, those are places of privilege, but I use that privilege not as a standard to give thanks to to give thanks for i use it as a kind of investment and this is where you kind of tie in the word um entitlement like for me in my mind i am an entitled person because i am doing the work that i feel needs to be done for people for the world for you know others and so i'm entitled to having my basic needs met and that and so right, whenever right. i am showing gratitude for those basic things instead of saying oh god thank you so much for food thank you so much for water thank you so much no because i have leveled my energy up to the point where i am in a place of privilege and those things are not things i need to be grateful for they're things that i am entitled to because my focuses go beyond just that and so Right. It is a place right. of entitlement. And so people, you know, you know this from dealing with me, that I'm a little spoiled bitch. <laughs> I'm very spoiled <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And I continue to support and maintain that feeling of being spoiled. Not because right. I enjoy it, because I do. I, I so do. And I appreciate that I can be spoiled, not just by myself, but by others as well. But, you know, the feeling of being spoiled it, you know, I'm not misusing it. I'm not going and throwing it and trying to take over the world and trying to mm-hmm. disadvantage others. You know, I'm still very self-conscious of how I use 
any power or any privilege or any um, any opportunity that I have available only to me that is not something that comes to others. So. Right, right. Well, and you know, some of the things that I like, one of the things that I do in my work a lot is reframing things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I believe that a lot of things, um, our understanding of those things, our, our, our reaction to those things has a lot to do with positioning and also has a lot to do with our perspective. So, right. you know, like the word entitlement, I know that a lot of people have like a negative connotation to that word. But it doesn't right. have to be a negative thing, just like you mentioned privilege right. earlier, like that it doesn't have to be a negative thing. So, you know, if you truly believe that you are, you know, fulfilling your soul contract, um, that there's more than enough resources to go around, then why would you not feel, um, you know, entitled to... Uh, <clears throat> you know, the bare necessities, or, I mean, some people feel entitled to millions and millions of dollars. Some people feel entitled mm -hmm. to, and that, that's not, a, it's not a, a judgment at all. It's not a negative or a positive. It's just those people, you know, another way of saying that person feels entitled is that person has claimed that as their own. They, they believe that that is theirs. And right. I think a lot of that has to do with you know, I think that there's a lot of principles at play with manifestation and law of attraction. If you, if you feel like something belongs in your life, in your sphere of, of influence, then that thing energetically will find its way to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, um, you said you said something really interesting a few moments ago. You you talked about theirs, if they feel that it's theirs. There's mm -hmm. a very fine distinction in that. If someone is coming from a place of entitlement and they have no conscious awareness of the value of things or of even the opportunities that they're, they're afforded or that what they can do, you know, that's very different from someone who, when they think of it as theirs, they also think of it as everyone. This belongs to all of us. I'm just actually, you know, when, when, when someone's in the front of the room, there's two types of theirs. There's two types of entitled types. There's mm -hmm. the person sitting down in a crowd. And if someone says, I have a million dollars for the best person in this room, then that person who feels ego from a place of ego entitled they're going to stand up and they're going to say, oh, I'm the best person. You're like, there's no question about that. I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I deserve mm -hmm. that. And I'm going to spend it and do whatever I want and have fun with it. That person will, in one way or another, never be able to truly appreciate the value that they've been afforded. And they won't even utilize it in the, in the way that will best serve them. And so these are people who, you know, they may be rich, wealthy, powerful, you know, Donald Trump comes to mind when I think of that. They're people who they believe something belongs to them and that they are the best to receive it. That they don't get the best, you know, like how, how much of, a, of his family time does he really get a chance to enjoy? You know, does he have, when does he talk about the powerful relationships he has within his family or with his children or those moments that really do matter? Because at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world, but if you cannot even afford to buy a moment with your child, of meaningful connection, then you're the poorest person on the planet. So there's a big difference there. But then there's the person in the crowd or in the room 
who, they, you know, the person says, I have a million dollars here for the person, for the best person to receive it. That there's one person who's going to say, who's going to think that belongs to all of us. We are all deserving of that. But no one here even recognizes or knows that they are worthy enough to get up and get it. So I'm going to get up. Mm. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to just, you know, give this out to everybody. And mm. they may not be able to receive a million, but they can receive 10 bucks. Here's a 20, you know. And I'm also going right. to, you know, buy myself breakfast. I'm also going to buy myself lunch because I am doing work that is supporting everybody. So in order for me to support all these people, I must be supported as well. So I'm going to meet, meet my own basic needs. But then the universe begins to flow back all of this excess prosperity because this person is at that point they're not manifesting for themselves anymore. They're manifesting for something bigger and larger than themselves. So it's not based on their ego to be produced by the universe, you know, versus the right. other person who's like, I'm going to take every opportunity to snatch away as much money as I can, as often as I can. So you get these two different points of entitlement, these two different points of, you know, like I'm spoiled. I spoil myself. I am a spoiled brat because I get what I want and I give myself what I want, but I know the value of it and I don't take advantage of people with it and I don't abuse that power and I know exactly what that is and I appreciate the ability to spoil myself and to, you know, do whatever and have people to spoil me too. I appreciate that because that is what it is, but I am going to put it towards something. So if I'm taking care of everybody else is going to be taken care of as well. If I'm in a good mood, everybody's going to get the be the benefit of me being in the best mood possible versus someone else who's like, I deserve this worship me, worship me, worship me. At that point, you've lost your connection to source and to God because you do not see yourself as the creation and all that is. You see yourself as just your limited point of view and that needs to be protected. That needs to be, so that is, that, that is a place of, of fear and lack there, but it's, it's, it, it's a much more convoluted form of lack because it's not monetary or resource-based, it's ego and it's love-based. Yeah, you know, so that reminds me of, um, you know, I truly believe that there are two types of people or two main source, like main um, mindsets when it comes to prosperity and that kind of thing. And I think one of one of those is there's a there is a finite amount of resources. There's one pie, right? And there, um, you know, you have to fight for your slice. And when you get a slice that prevents someone else from getting that particular slice. So that, mm -hmm. so it's a, it's this mindset that, that there's a limited amount of resources going around. And if you get something, then that means another person can't get that thing because you right. now have it. So that's one right. mindset. The other mindset is that there is literally an abundance. Like there is more than enough that, you know, it's not a zero sum game. Like if I get, you know, X amount of resources, then that doesn't prevent you from getting X amount of resources because there's more than enough to go around. There's an abundance. And so, you know, everyone can win versus there has to be a winner and a loser. So, you know, I think that that mindset plays really powerfully. Um, but, you know, I've also read, going back to what you were saying earlier, it reminded me of something, you know, I've read that you know the law of attraction manifestation it's a simple um non-discriminatory law where you do this and then this is the outcome 
it doesn't really it doesn't really care one way or the other what your intention is that's why people that a lot of people would say well that person's morally corrupt how can they be rich or how can they have all of these resources how can they do all of this that's that's why um those that situation happens is because they have manifested that you know like i don't you know i think the donald trump thing is very interesting because um you know if you were if you were to you know do a study on on how he thinks and and what he quote unquote claims is his and the way he sees himself regardless of what your political affiliation is what your moral and ethical uh standards are there are key principles that he practices that are manifestation law of attraction kind of thing and energy just goes there because he's doing x so the input oh he's a master he's a master at manifesting a master at manifesting and you know people and and when i use the donald Donald trump uh model or example you know by by default some people automatically do not know where i'm coming from with that because i you know i can have my own political views and not like the guy but at the same time i appreciate his capacity to exemplify manifestation you know it's like he pretty much manifested Mm -hmm. himself into the presidency he pretty much manifested the u.s into his vision of what is acceptable and what is okay for him he he, he's manifested so many things and granted he's always in a state of chaos and his life is always in a state of chaos and he always looks like you know he's you know he's hearing something every day he doesn't want to hear, which I wouldn't want to live like that. I wouldn't want to live in a life where I'm constantly trying to hold on or to produce or to have something because it's not stable. It's probably not a fun life to begin with. But at the same time, that's the place that he manifests from, which is why he's been able to produce and to manifest wealth over and over and over again, even throughout all of his bankruptcies, even through all of the losses exactly. he's endured in his life. He's been able yep. to reclaim all of that because there is an ego there, but there's also a form of entitlement and there's a form of mindset there where I deserve this, I'm entitled to this, this is what I will have, this is what I should have, this is what everybody else should be responsible for me having. There's a there's a mindset there that is working for him and it has worked for him over and over and over again. So and the universe delivers things. on it. Exactly. Right? Because the universe doesn't care. The universe like is the, not like says, the universe delivers whatever input he's <clears throat> putting out there, you know, or output yeah. rather. <clears throat> yeah. The, the universal matrix functions on intent and production, intent and production. What you intend automatically goes into production. And so you don't have to be a good person or a bad person or a kind person or a mean person or a white person or a black person. You don't have to be any particular kind of person. The universe is non-discriminatory. It's you exist, you are God, your will is my command. And you as a limited perspective being conditioned to limitation and for most of us being conditioned under the state of lack, we don't realize the full potentiality of what that means to be God and what it means to be in that role and to have that kind of power. So instead Mm -hmm. we're intending from a limited point of awareness and perspective. And when we intend from a limited point, we're gonna get back some sort of limited form or limited 
um, manifestation, period. And our manifestations from a human perspective are limited because we are still human, you know? So right. you can right. manifest whatever and you're still human. You're still gonna have to deal with the, 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 the energy behind those manifestations. Some of those manifestations are positive. Some of those are negative. I, with my, here's a really good example of that. My ex, um, he had, I remember this, this is one of my very first real, like, I, like experiences with manifestation um, from another, per, like seeing somebody else come from a place, because I always believed you have to be a good person, you have to be a loving person, a compassionate person, and the universe rewards you, life rewards you. And then when you start to learn about, you know, the power of attraction, the law of attraction and manifestation, at that point, it spins things in a different, from a different point of view, a different perspective. And so he had wanted an iPhone. And this was back in the early days when iPhones were just rolling out. Everybody still had the flip phones. You know, we still had the old Nokia phones. You showed me one of your old phones a couple of days ago that you found yeah. in the boxes. So, you know, we, everybody had those old ass phones and nobody had an iPhone. And an iPhone was like, oh my God, this is like Star Trek. It's futuristic. It's all these things. And so he wanted one and he began to first the first thing he did was he leveled his own phone up to the most expensive phone he could get with the amount of money that he could afford so he bought the most expensive mm -hmm. phone and just by that in itself that shifted his energy because that gave him it's like you know i want this highest ideal but i bought myself the best thing i can afford and that in itself already added to the manifestation because he was feeling better about the product that he had but and he wasn't just regretting having the old phone he had a new phone with other features and newer features and it was better than he had before so by nature already he exemplified a feeling of like i have better i have more so then he was doing that he was looking online at different newspaper articles he was watching videos of people who had them i mean he was kind of obsessed with an iphone but he had planned on buying one he's like i'm gonna buy one so i'm gonna save up the next six months or i'm gonna save up the next year I want to buy one. So he was doing the work, which was he was doing practical work, which was saving up for it. He was doing the emotional energetic work, which was feeling his way to as close to it as he could get. And then he was visualizing and imagining what it would actually be like to have one. And he was using others who had gone through the same experience as the standard, as the basis for what that would be like, what that would look like. And so in that that's it it took less than a month but he had been doing that for a few weeks and then <clears throat> one day he was at work he's a flight attendant so he was at work and he was in, the, in one of the conference or not conferences but one of the areas that they all kind of congregate at the other flight attendants when they're not working and someone one of the other flight attendants must have lost their iphone because he found an iphone under one of the seats so it must have fallen out of somebody's bag or pocket or whatever right away my first reaction in that situation is oh my god this is an expensive thing someone doesn't deserve to lose this let me see if i can find the person that this belongs to that would be my first idea or my first thought his first right. idea or his first thought was the universe you know oh my god this is such a this is such synchronicity oh my god this is an opportunity for me to have and get as close to what I wanted as possible. Even if it's not a new one, it's still an iPhone and it is, you know, and it belongs to somebody else, but, you know, finders keepers. So, and he, he took it, he had it wiped and he kept it as his own phone. And so okay. 
in my mind, I was like, how is the universe going to, and I, I, when that happened, that really threw me through a loop because I was like, how is the universe going to give this person who just completely took something that didn't belong to them? He didn't work for that. He didn't do anything to, to deserve that. And yet he's taking advantage of the situation and he saw it as an opportunity for himself and he is benefiting off of somebody else's hardship. You know, that's mm -hmm. where I went with that. He was more like, there's nothing wrong with it. Finders keepers, finders keepers. And his mindset, his world view fit it fit that his world his 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 sphere of reality supported that that was acceptable or okay behavior and so okay. for him he ended up with something that he wanted now i wouldn't be able to do the same thing because my sphere of reality comes from a different place i come from a mindset of like you have to give, you know, you have to be a nice person. You have to, and that's some of my old Catholic, you know, upbringing coming in there. He was raised in a different, right. from a different point of view and mindset. So what is okay for him and what is acceptable for him in his life and with his family and how he was raised, what is acceptable is what is acceptable. And so the universe operated within that sphere of reality to deliver the goods. For me, right, it would right. come about in a very different way. Which is why, sure. you know, Donald Trump, yes, he can achieve his, you know, his fortunes over and over and over again. But I'm pretty sure because of the way he was brought up, because of his family background, because of the conditioning, his sphere of reality is going to bring it to him in probably the most, um, the most, um, the word I want to say is different than corrupt, but I'm just going to say corrupt. In the most corrupt way that it can be achieved without it causing him you know, to lose everything. So mm. the universe is going to work within his sphere of reality. Yeah, maybe there are some ways that he has been able to earn a buck through, you know, through practical or through through idealistic means. But his sphere of reality makes it okay for certain things to happen and for you to benefit from certain conditions or circumstances. And so yeah, that, he is able to draw to him through that form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I know just listening to that story, I personally have something, um, you know, I don't know where this lies in my mindset or in my programming, but I have a difficult time accepting like really expensive gifts from people that I don't really know. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. listening to that, you know, I'm kind of going where you're, where you were going with it, thinking, oh my God, no, <clears throat> you know, I, 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 there's no way that I can accept this. But in, you know, in actuality, um, you know, that person who lost that phone might have very yep. well, you yep. know, had, yep. had an insurance policy on it and they paid a few go. bucks. So, to go back, got, so repeat that, repeat that because I lost you for a second. <laughs> I said the person who, who lost that phone may very well have had an insurance policy so they pay a few right. bucks and then they get a brand new phone and now the universe right. has just gotten a phone to you know what your you ex and to yeah. the you know and to this person now they probably got a brand new phone you know so right i it, it i do i completely get what you're saying with that like you know if i wanted to manifest a car and and the universe the universe just worked it out to where someone i barely know um, you know, contacted me and said, Hey, listen, this was on my heart. I'm going to give you this car. I don't need it anymore. You'd actually be doing a favor, taking off my hands. I would, I would probably have a, some major challenges around that just based on my mindset, because I don't, right. you know, I don't receive, um, you know, expensive gifts from people that I don't know very well. 
but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the universe can't make that happen, you know? So right. it's, it's just very interesting um, how there are some universal truths to this, to this universal law of manifestation, but it does depend on the sphere of reality, like you said, that, that people operate within. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I, I used to be the same way. Like if someone gave me an expensive gift, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't, I can't. You know, I argue against it because I'm basically telling the universe, you've made a mistake. I'm not worth this. You know, mm, right, this, right. You know, this, I don't deserve this. I haven't earned this. So now, now a gift, like, for example, you know, I went on a trip with a bunch of friends to Peru and, you know, I paid for my own plane ticket and they're like, we want you to have the first class experience. We're going to upgrade you to first class. And I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I was appreciative of it and I loved it because at that time in my life, I had gotten to a place where I was just grateful and appreciative that I could go on a trip to Peru to see Machu Picchu and fly on an airplane and pay the price and, you know, just enjoy it. And, you know, and it wasn't even the worst seat ever. It was just, it was still plane ticket. And so when they came, you told you tell us not to buy you stuff to buy you experiences if we're going to buy you or gift you with something here's an experience because you've never mm. flown in first class let's let's fly you first class i'm down like i'm sh- i'm the universe has granted me an opportunity i'm going to take it now if it's something that i have no interest in or i don't really care for and i feel like just a waste because i won't appreciate or get the full value of it then yeah i will tell somebody oh that's so sweet but no because i know that i won't i won't fully um embody or take advantage of whatever it is that they're gifting me so i i would rather it be given to someone else but if they're insistent and they want to give me something then i say well thank you so much i i only say no you know no it's okay you don't you know no thank you i only say that once and if they're pushy about it and they want to gift it then i'll take it the second time around and i'll just give it to someone who will appreciate it more. And so there are times where wow. I've gotten gifts from clients or people have sent me that I have no interest in having or keeping because it is, is, I don't really care for it, but I will re-gift it to someone else. And so for me, it's like, well, you know, I'm so, so aligned and in such prosperity that the universe is giving me more than enough where I don't even need it anymore, but I'm giving it to others because I can gift it to them. And so they will see me as a form of prosperity, even though I didn't even produce the gift to begin with. But I didn't say no because I opened myself and kept myself open and receptive to any prosperity, however it comes, as long as it comes from a place of love. Um, right. So yeah, there may be times where things come up, and I can, I can, you know, get something, and get it from a kind of a toxic or a a a stressful or a lower vibratory place energetically i can take advantage or be be an opportunist and and take advantage of any opportunity that comes my way even if it's an opportunity that requires me to be corrupt in my behavior and in my mind in my in my intent um but i you know that doesn't i don't really want to feel that way either like i would feel even though donald trump is is a is a master manifester in his in his sphere of reality i wouldn't want to wake up and be him every day who wants to feel that way every day? Who wants to who wants to fight against the world? Who wants right. to fight against you know yourself? Who wants well, to and there feel are some, like you're there not are enough? Some people that there are some people that that would <laughs> you know, but <laughs> right. But I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like I I think the the big important takeaway is whether you're looking at people like Donald Trump 
or Oprah Winfrey, Oprah, or which is I exactly mean, the, the other one. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they're exactly opposite, but they do have a lot of commonality in the in maybe not their method of manifestation, but right. at the very basic <clears throat> level, they are they are equal in terms of manifesting certain things for them for well, their lives there's a lot that they both share in common in 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 some of that you know if people you know when isn't it funny how when i talk about donald trump and it depends on whether you care for donald trump or not if you can just see the man for who he is and if you can like act the perspective there's a lot of interesting things about him however you know from a political point of view you know right now he's not very popular and if, if and for those of you listening if you, you know hey, why are you talking about you shouldn't be talking about this is my show if you don't like it go somewhere else but you know this is this is the way it is but you know when it's funny how when we talk about donald trump and we try to go to the opposite we immediately run to someone like oprah winfrey and the thing about oprah right. winfrey is that she hasn't always manifested from the highest best place either she isn't always manifested from a place of love some of the things that she's manifested or some of the wealth that she has earned or gained has not come through like the most ideal or highest place either because she's still a human being just like donald trump is exactly. still a human being and everybody exactly. struggles with something in one way or another that's why like some people and i was actually just thinking about this in my walk because i thought to myself you know when people see me on camera and they see the books behind me um, they see there's a book there that it's it's red letters and it says Oprah, but that book is not a book that she wrote. That's a book that some woman named Kitty Kelly, I think her name is Kitty Kelly, wrote where it was an unauthorized biography. And it's basically just Kitty Kelly going around looking up dirt on Oprah to write about her in a kind of a, in, a, in a biography. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the fact that, first of all, the fact that she is someone that people want to know about, that they're willing to buy that book just goes to show who she is as a person but the reason why i and then people are gonna say like you don't you know yeah you may like i'm like oprah sees my videos she's never gonna want to do an interview with me because i have this book about her and it's like trash you know but <laughs> the reason and for me it's like yeah but that's because she for a long time she only showed you the pain she was okay showing you she only showed you the pain that she could own. She didn't show you the pain she wasn't ready to be at peace with or that she was ready to be okay with, you know, showing out there in the world. There's a lot of things that Oprah has done that she's probably not proud of or that she probably doesn't want people to know about, but she's not sharing that. And the thing about it is I, when I want to study someone who is in a position like that, I don't just want to study the, the version of them that they want us to know. I want to study all of them. Like, everything about them like their mistakes and their wins their successes and their losses and there's a lot that oprah doesn't talk about herself in that she probably should because people would relate to it but at the same time look at what she's been able to do from the place that she's come from but you know and so that's for me that's more of my thing like i want to know the inner workings of someone whether it's true or not because god knows if katie kelly went around and just made up shit but you know, I, I just want to know because I'm curious what this person may have gone through or how they became the person that they're that they are today and what got them there. And I know that good people, you know, are not always born. Good people are formed through the awareness of self in the form that is not authentic. So knowing that knowing right. thyself in a form that is not true, that is not accurate, that is not authentic to produce and to become a form that is. Well, I, I agree. I think that it's really important, you know, first and foremost, to understand that everyone who is like anyone who has ever walked on the face of this earth 
you know, in human form is a human being. And, right. and there are, um, you know, there are so many important less, I mean, the whole reason why incarnate in the human form to have experiences. So to, so that means taking the good and the bad and, you know, in many cases, I try not to even label anything. It's just all experience. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, I don't go in with a preconceived notion. I can actually find the value in their journey and what the life, you know, what they what they've done in their lives, and let that be mm-hmm. a really important, uh, you know, a really important lesson. Because, you know, I I do a lot of leadership um, teaching as well, and so one of the people that that I study a lot in my leadership stuff is I study the the historical figure Jesus Christ, but I also study um, Adolf because he was a phenomenal leader, a remarkable orator. But, but uh, you know, obviously we know what you know evil he he sort of unleashed. But there are things within that human journey, that human experience, that are very valuable and can be applied to many, many, many different things, many areas of your life. You're willing to. Um, you know, take so, it for so what go it back, is, a backtrack, human experience. Backtrack, to backtrack for a second, because all that people heard you say was, you know, I study Adolf Hitler and marvelous or incredible. And that was all that people heard. <laughs> some <laughs> yeah, of the other so, stuff. So they're going to think you're over here worshiping Hitler or yeah, you know, condemning so him what, for killing millions of people. Yeah. So what I was saying is, um, you know, obviously he unleashed unspeakable horrors. Um, mm-hmm in this world and on humankind. But I think that there are all some very valuable lessons when you look at him and you look at his life just from a hearing experience. Um, if you, you know, take a look at the things that he was truly effective, you know, you take away labels, good, bad, or whatever, but what was he right. effective at doing and what methods did he use and, and what mindset fueled those things? Um, and I think that there's a lot of really valuable information there, um, you know, yeah. cautionary tales and, uh, you know, lessons that you can apply to every single area of your life because he was very effective yeah. at many different things. You know, so I yeah. think just looking at a life from a human experience perspective, from, a, from an evolution standpoint, a journey standpoint, you know, it's very easy hindsight is twenty twenty. you say, well, that's where they took the wrong turn or this didn't work out for them in that way. But there are lots of, I mean, that's why by, you know, biographies are so big because you can, you can learn so much just by studying another person's life. You know, you know, when you study that kind of stuff, um, it kind of sharpens your ability to think through um, logical problem solving, that kind of thing. That way, when you are faced with those types of situations or, you know, how do you address your goals? How do you achieve things that we already have, like all of these blueprints for what people have done in their lives. And that's why I say Mm. you can learn so much from the mistakes as well, because those things, um, you know, those things that that we would consider mistakes, I mean, those things are, are intricately woven into the fabric of human experience that that are essential and that are necessary for us to be able to evolve and develop into you know who we're supposed to be in this particular lifetime so i think that 
you know, whether you study Oprah or Hitler or Donald Trump or Mother Teresa, I think that they're, mm -hmm. you know, all of those life experiences um, are so valuable. And just to, you know, remove all labels. And that's not to say excuse, you know, the atrocities of the Holocaust, but just for a moment, if you're studying it, um, you know, for, for what it actually is. I think right. there are a lot of valuable life lessons that you can take. Well, from, it's it's, from it's like a profiler, you know, people who are profilers, they study serial killers and murderers and they want to understand like psychologically mm. what is going on there, why this person acts this way or what led to it. And usually they have to go into their history because they want to understand what may be, you know, it, it, for those people who maybe saw Silence with the Lambs. I think that's who Jodie Foster was, wasn't she? She was like a, a kind of a profiler or some sort of an uh, investigator or something like that. Yeah, she, she was an FBI detective who um, yeah. who studied the the psychology of serial killers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so, and because I've never seen the movie, so I have no idea. <laughs> but, but oh, you have I, to. It's so good. No, okay. I haven't. Well, because like the minute you you get into serial killer and there's like potential for violence and so forth, immediately like I I, I pull away because even just the concept of violence, I'm gonna retract because for me any kind of violent or gory scene or human experience isn't something that I really want to go through or have to live mm. through, especially people like myself who are sensitive emotionally. We're just, you, you, you know, you just can't throw us into something like that. We would go crazy. So I, I always steer away from stuff, which is why there's a lot of films and movies that I just never saw because of the idea that there's violence or gore or something inhumane in it. So, um, but you know, she was a, prof she was a profiler. And so for those of us, you know, if you if 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 for someone to say, you know, oh my God, you're like glorifying Hitler, or you're you're talking about Hitler as as if he's a good thing or something beneficial from it, I'm like, how many of us watch, you know, these shows, uh, these crime investigative shows where they're trying to investigate the crime or the murder, trying to figure out who did it or what was the cause or whatever? How many of us watch those kinds of shows? You know, you know, we're all right. glorifying murder. We're all glorifying these these stories that have happened in our history that have, you know, been based on these horrific acts and horrific experiences. But the, but some of us are just like sitting back on the couch, kicking back, trying to quote unquote relax, watch one of these while we're sitting there having snacks and so forth. We're all glorifying it. So, you know, this is the human experience. And, you know, some of us, we don't just see the experience, we see past it in some way or another. There are people who can watch a film like that and not even worry about the violence of the war because they can see past it to some of the other pieces of it. For me, that's something that holds me back. And so I could say, you're glorifying, you know, this this person, he's probably going to go, you know, people are going to see that, they're going to want to go out and do it themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it all comes down to perspective. It all comes down to perspective. And even the people yeah. that we hate, even the people that we think of as like the, the most evil people on the planet, there's a story behind that. And if you look at the story and if you, if you study them and the story, there are things you're going to learn from them, regardless of whether they were a good or bad person. Right. Well, and it's really funny that you mentioned that because I always have a few people, um, you know, in the classes, in my leadership classes, when I bring up Hitler, that are just like shocked and appalled that I even, you know, utter his name. And I, the, the response to that is always this. There are, um, you know, survivors of the Holocaust who are, um, you know, adamant about keeping the ruins of, 
the Holocaust camps, right. keeping them right. and preserving them because number one, it's it's a it it is a reminder of right. of you know some severe human uh, suffering that 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 actually mm-hmm. happened, and it's almost you know they've kind of reclaimed that as almost a um, as a memorial to everyone who's lost their life there. But I also think that it's very important, uh, you know, just from a, a study standpoint, to remember and learn from you know, those types of things. I mean, I, I truly believe that as, you know, human beings, that we should be really astute students of history. That way we mm-hmm. understand why things happened and we can make sure that certain things never happen again. You know, if, that's if why, we don't... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Go that's why, well, this is why history is doomed to repeat itself. This is, there, there's a reason why that is said. There's a reason why people say that because people tend to forget their history. And when they forget their yes. history, they simply repeat it in a different form of fashion, which is why there are things happening today that, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago would have never happened because there were still enough people to remember historical times that are reminiscent of what we may be experiencing today in this country and in some places in the world. So we've forgotten that history, and that is why it's repeating itself in different ways and in different forms. Right. And, you know, the other thing I want to say about that is I think that it is so important um, to know history, to look for patterns in history, because there's also a, um, you know, there, I do believe that there are, you know, if you don't know history and you don't know what actually happened, if you don't know the facts, I'm saying take away opinions, take away, you know, all the editorials about these things, but the facts, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. If you don't know those things, then the people that know enough about them can reframe those things and put them in a context that mm-hmm. are not actually accurate, right? right. Um, and so then- And use them, use them as weapons, and use, use them. them as tools exactly. to achieve that. Because if, if, if I come from a sphere of reality where it is okay to take advantage of another human being to gain something for myself, then I, I don't value human life or I don't value human dignity or human, or just being, you know, being able to be a human. I don't value that. And so if I believe that I'm entitled and I deserve this and that, and that I want to achieve, you know, you know, success on the grandest scale possible, and I want to be glorified and I want to be worshiped, then if I know historically that there have been others who have also been able to achieve that, I'm gonna be drawn to those people and I'm gonna study those people because I'm gonna wanna be those people. So for those of us who don't know about those people or just forget that those evil people or those crappy, shitty human beings existed and they did what they did, if those of us who should also be able to remember that or should know those things don't, when someone comes along who immediately starts to put it into practice some of those tactics and strategies, those of us who have no experience or even a frame of reference to, to build off of are immediately going to get you know, bamboozled at that point because we are not in a position to, to realize as a, exactly yeah. to recognize it and to notice that it's been reframed or been, you know, it's been reprocessed and redistributed or delivered in, in, in a new form. Right. And that's, that's a really important takeaway because I think, you know, 
I think that that reframing and context is absolutely critical um, right. because you can reframe and and recontextualize anything and make it fit practically any agenda. So like if you don't understand the context behind the facts, then those facts can be weaponized right. against you. You know, they, they right. can be repurposed to serve any given agenda. We've seen that with a lot of biblical texts taken out of context and yeah. Which and, is like, and, and you know, that happens all the time with so many, like, that's the media right now. That's the media. Everything is, is not seen in an objective fashion. It is seen from a place of bias and pieces are taken out to validate the bias. And, you know, someone could say, well, you said, is it, is it, or is it not true that you said that we should study Hitler and that he was successful with his tactics? Would you, would you, do you, or do you not support that you said that that's a fact? So is that, or is that not true? Like, obviously it's a fact, but if you just only know that piece, well, he's a horrible person. Oh my God, how dare someone say that? But when you think of it in the context of the entire conversation, that is not what was right. said or intended by the conversation. That Those are words that were used to express an idea or a concept. It was not said in support of that. It, it, you take it out of context, you can use it however you want to. And so it is weaponized, it is used against. And those who do not do their history or due diligence and you know look behind the curtain are only gonna take it at face value. And so of course it, it becomes it becomes uh, pliable. Someone, anybody can use it in it however they choose to use it. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Which is, uh, it's a shame, you know, and it's very scary because I think that, you know, if you don't arm yourself with that knowledge, then you're vulnerable. You know, right. you're, you're vulnerable to, to falling and for anything. And so that's why, you know, again, I bring up that, you know, there are several, um, you know, documented cases of, of Holocaust survivors, you know, saying we don't need to wipe away these, these sites. We don't need to, you know, it's a very ugly part of history, but we need to continue to learn about it, not to glorify it, but to remember that it happened so it will never happen again. You know, I think right. that that is, is so important. And, and, and there, you know, that's an extreme example of that, but there are, many, many, many other examples of that um, throughout history that, you know, I see a lot of people just don't know what happened. So that's why things, like you said, repeat themselves. History repeats mm -hmm. itself.